And from then, from that point, to the best of my ability, I remember this, I refused to play out of tune if I could possibly help it. So I would always try to tune my pipes. I would start with the outside tenor. Then I would go to the middle tenor. Then I would turn on the bass, turn off the middle tenor, tune the bass to the outside tenor. It occurred to me as I was sitting down to chat with Jim McGilvery as part of the interview series here with our new tuning algorithm course, it occurred to me that a lot of how I teach tuning and how I think about it and how I do it all comes from Jim back when he used to teach these amazing immersive workshops at the Invermark College of Piping. So I'm thrilled to share an excerpt of that interview with you today. If you're interested about how to get all of these interviews, and there are 11 hour-long interviews as part of our new tuning suite here at the dojo, head over to pipersdojo.com slash tuning now to check it out. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, uh, here is a short excerpt from my interview with the great Jim McGilvery. I think what people will be doing in the course is learning to tune as well, but what was that process like for you? I remember very distinctly when it started. I was going to Ed Nye for piping lessons. I would be about 16, I guess, 15 maybe. And we, I had been playing in grade three amateur and I really had not learned how to tune my pipes. I started to go to Ed that winter and Ed suggested I move up to grade two amateur. And we were learning a lot of tunes and not spending a lot of time on tuning. He was tuning my pipes for me. And I think about the second contest of the year, I went up and actually had to play for John Wilson from Edinburgh. And yeah, he wouldn't let Ed tune my pipes. This was grade two amateur. And he was quite right. It was grade two amateur and you don't have your instructor tune your pipes. So I was left there on my own, getting ready for the grade two March contest. And I fumbled and finagled and moved slides up and down and went all over the place and eventually just played on an untuned bagpipe. I had an identical moment like that as well at Loon Mountain Games one year. But anyway, yes, continue. Yeah. And at that point I realized I had to tune. So we did a crash course on tuning and that's a long time ago. I don't remember specific process, but I do remember that the most important thing I got out of it was tuning by pressure variance. So you know, which way the drone goes. And from then, from that point to the best of my ability, I remember this, I refused to play out of tune if I could possibly help it. So I would always try to tune my pipes. I would start with the outside tenor. Then I would go to the middle tenor. Then I would turn on the bass, turn off the middle tenor, tune the bass to the outside tenor. And I think I picked it up pretty quick. And there were two reasons for that. No, there were three reasons for it. One is I had a good instructor. The second reason is that I practiced it a lot. And the third reason is I was around good bagpipes. I was hearing instruments that were in tune and I knew what I was going for. And I remember pretty quickly progressing to be able to tune the tenor and the bass at the same time. And that was a real revelation when I was finally able to do that. So that was the process. 
as I said, instruction, practice, and hearing good instruments was a great combination. So you're talking about pressure variants to figure out how to get your chanter intervals in tune with the drones, which we talk about in a lot of depth in the course. Can you go into a little bit more depth on that? I don't know how we came up with the name. It's an unfortunate name that's stuck. So we call it the blow trick, but that's exactly what you're talking about, which is the chanter read. You, if you change the blowing pressure on your bagpipe, the chanter read will change more than the drones in pitch, which can give you the evidence that you need to, to move your drones ultimately to bring them yes. into tune with the chanter. Yes. So if I am playing, say, low A, and I ease off on my low A, the low A will go slightly flat. The drone will stay pretty much in tune. So if my low A goes flatter because I ease off on it, and it seems to come into tune with the drone, that means the drone is a little bit flat. Got it. Right? And to fix right. that, you're going to sharpen up the drone which means you're going to move it down on the tuning slide. So what I'd simply try to remember is if you ease off and it comes into tune, you pull the drone down. If you ease right. off and it doesn't come into tune, gets worse, you move the drone up. So that's, that's how it, you right? determine which way the drone is to go. If you're interested in hearing the complete one hour interview, you can do so as part of the all new Piper's Dojo tuning suite just released here at the dojo here recently. The tuning suite contains detailed theoretical practical courses. It contains a 90 day tuning plan. It contains a distillation of basically everything you could ever dream of needing to know about tuning, including transcripts from the interviews here in this textbook. It includes a how to tune your pipe band course, and it includes a robust triple your money back guarantee. Basically our promise to you that within 90 days of doing our training program and soaking in the course, you'll be a great tuner. So I'd be honored if you went to check that out at pipersdojo.com slash tuning now. And if you purchase before October 22nd, you can receive $80 off and a couple of other great bonuses as well. So head over to pipersdojo.com slash tuning today. Meanwhile, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.